0: News Talk on Demand, interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, welcome to Garden Talk on six hundred and fifty CKOM and nine hundred and eighty CJME. My name is Jay Thomas. Back in the seat with Rick Van Dijvendijk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jay. Now, Jill normally joins us, of course, but she's taking some well-deserved time off, which is good. She's gone on a little holiday with the family, family camp. Yeah, that's exciting.
1: Good. Yeah, having some fun with the kids up at the up at a family camp up at the lake up near. Up in the Meadow Lake Provincial Park area. Oh so cool. So she's having some fun up there and with the kids and
0: that is a big park. Yep. That is a really Meadow Lake Provincial Park is not just one little area. Yep. And yep. There's many, many campgrounds, many and different areas. Many
1: many different little lakes yes. up there and everything else. So it's uh yeah, a beautiful area. Um yeah. No, she's she's she has four children and uh all under fourteen years old. And <laughs> so so she's, she's busy. She's busy, so, yeah. <laughs> so and uh, so that that keeps her busy, and uh, it's good that uh, kids can go and have a break and have fun at the camp, and know, do all kinds of stuff up there with it. Exactly. They can go sailing, they can go canoeing, they can go hiking, they can do all kinds of stuff up there.
0: Well, I hope you're enjoying your Sunday. Welcome to Garden Talk. Um, what, are we, what are we looking at? What are we seeing happening in the garden centers right now, overall?
1: Right now, we're seeing lots of stuff come in little baggies <laughs> at the garden center. You know, things with leaves, leaves, what the what the problem is yeah. this and, you know, uh, whether it be some browning edges and spots on the leaves and uh, a lot of fungals coming out because of the, of, of you know, little black spots and some of the tree leaves and seeing lots of uh, things coming up in the grass, people have, uh, um, um sod webworms, oh. damage coming up in little spots in the grass. Uh, so all kinds of things like that. Everything from now... People ask me, they, they, they know I always talked about when to prune maples and birch trees, right? Yes. Now's the time you can get out there and oh. prune the maples and birch trees. Okay, there we go. So uh, you can get out there and give them your pruning, so if you, and they won't bleed so much like they will in the spring. You can't prune them in spring because they just bleed and bleed for like two to three weeks before mm-hmm. you stop. Mm-hmm. Well, now's the time you can get out there and do some of that pruning, uh, especially at birches and maples. Perfect time, and and lilacs have finished blooming now. So if you haven't pruned them, you should get them pruned okay. really soon. Give them even just a little bit of a haircut, or even de- dead deadhead the where the flowers were, because there's still time. They'll push on some growth, and they'll bloom on that growth next year.
0: And I suppose and, we're getting close to the sort of last fertilizing for trees, trees, and shrubs here pretty soon, right?
1: Around July 15th is when I usually say it. So right now, I've I everything's behind them. Like my spruces are pushing up another little push of, of growth right now yeah and so everything's a bit late you know so it's uh, so right now uh yeah because we started like but two, it, almost two weeks late
0: just because we started late doesn't mean that fall and winter won't come early
1: though they'll, they'll still come so yeah. that's what i mean that's why i always say around july 15th is the last fertilizing so if you have your 20 20 20 30 10 10 which i like using to get lots of growth now is the time to I, every three weeks right from mother's day until around july 15th yep. so if you know your timing is about right now's the time to or if you haven't given fertilizer at all this year definitely put it on yes. right now and just to make those plants fill out because you know this last couple last year with all the drought i've really noticed if you had noticed uh, driving around all the spruce trees have this little sort of a, a brown look to them yes all the spruce trees around around the cities yep and that's because they all had Tons of pollen and tons of acorns. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah for
0: sure. yes and So they
1: put, a, and usually that means that the tree is under stress. Mm. Okay. And so that means they're trying to produce a pollen, and which is the you know the pollen is to fertilize the seeds that are on the other spruce trees, right? And all, even on itself. And so that now they're producing, and that means that they're under stress from the drought we've had the last couple of years, right? Exactly. Right. And. The, and people said, "Well, I water my grass. They, I water my grass, and these trees are thirty years old. What do they need water for, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's what they say. Yeah, well, you're just watering your grass. You're not watering your trees. And we've have now some heat. We I mean, we've had some little rains, but I mean even this rain in Saskatoon that we had the other day, um, and we had some this morning again a little bit. But I mean you kick the dirt and it's still dry underneath, right? That's right. So you got to put you got to put the hose out there on the What's called a drip line of the tree. So, not right at the trunks, especially you got a 30, 40 foot spruce tree. Yep. Or a silver maple that's 50 feet tall, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You can imagine how much moisture those, when well, a 30, uh, you know, plus 26 or plus 31 degree day, yeah, how much they transpire. So, it means putting the hose out around the drip line of the tree. The best you can, because I know you have sidewalks and, and you have your, some of the trees hanging over the neighbor's yard and all yep. that kind of stuff, right? Yep. So the best you can, put the hose out the drip line of the tree and just let it dribble. And right. Just let it sit there for an hour or two, right? And then move it to a different spot around the tree. Or you can get yourself what's you called a Ross root feeder. Yep. It's when you hook, a, it's, it's a spike, you hook on into the garden hose and you can stick it down, you know, 12 inches down. And then you're watering into the root zone because otherwise if you're watering on the grass... Uh, the lawn is sucking up with this with this kind of heat, the lawn is sucking up right. a lot of that moisture as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And so if you want to get it down to the root zone and then you can give and then it's not running down the gutter because you don't want the water, you know, going down the street and into the storm sewer drain, right? Yes. So that's why I say just put the hose on a dribble and let it soak slowly. Or even take a, if you have a soaker hose, put it all the way around the drip line of the tree, turn it on just slowly. Yes. And just let it dribble. And it'll just slowly soak the, the ground. And if you do that, you only have to do that once a month. Oh, okay? really? Okay. You don't have to go out there every second day, every day, like you do in your grass, because you give your grass just, you know, 15, 20 minutes, hour, half hour, or whatever. If, yeah. But that's only going down maybe two inches, right? Right. Well, that's 50 foot tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough, right? So now, something else
0: that's happened more recently around Saskatchewan in different patches all over the place is yep. we've had some pretty wild weather. Yes. Right? I mean, uh, even just yesterday in the Saskatoon
1: area. My my son was driving, and he got caught in that, and his dogs were in the kennel in the back. He had to get out of the the truck to go and rescue the dogs to bring them in the cab. Oh, my gosh. And he has welts all over his body. He actually had a good thing. He had a hard hat in his, his truck. <laughs> he put the hard hat on. Oh my gosh! So we're talking about a hail
0: event that happened in Saskatoon yes. yesterday morning, about ten forty-five, yep. around the Costco in the North End. There was there's there's you know videos circulating on Facebook yep. and stuff. You can find it was insane. He was in the golf
1: ball, and it was wind wind like going sideways too, like yes. hard
0: wind. It was crazy. It was <laughs> so crazy. He has well he
1: had the welts to prove it.
0: So that's just one example though. So if you're in an area where you've been hit by something like that, yep. you had a bunch of leaves stripped off. Of, because they will do that, right? Yep. That hail will strip the leaves right off the trees. Oh yes. Yep.
1: What what do you what do you do to take care of them? The, they'll 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 push out a new leaf, right? Uh, they will. But I mean, what's the worst thing is that they'll break some branches, especially some small branches. Yes. Yeah, so You need to go up there and do some pruning, and now's a great time to do that as well. there's some broken branches, that the big one is that um, if. It was a good thing it was mostly in the industrial area, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Martin, did Martinsville get hit? You know what? We got rain, hard rain.
1: Okay. No hail. No hail. Okay, good. Cause otherwise it would, it would take care of the gardens. And now this late in the year, yeah, you could plant some lettuce and that kind of stuff still. Some yeah. Radishes. That's the thing. You could plant some radishes again, but. You know, some of the things, you know, it's getting kind of late to retransplant, like your cucumbers or, you know, things like that. So, you,
0: although don't be surprised because the whole season's been so late for a while, yep. there are still garden centers that do have, yep. they have some, some veg, vegetables and things and, there. And they're still waiting. Use,
1: you can use at this end of the season, like in September, you can use some crop covers to, to, to protect for the nighttime temperatures. Right. And you can still extend that season and get your crop still. So, there you go.
0: Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We are going to start with the texts and the calls when we get back. Now is a good time to join the conversation. 1-877-332-8255. Uh, let's see. What are we going to go? We're going to talk about controlling grasshoppers, uh, best for tomatoes, for, you know, calcium, that sort of thing and a brass, fertilizing a brand and cedar. And we're going to get Marianne's call on when we get back. So stick around. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyven This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks you for joining us on Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke, and we're going to get to the text and the calls right now. So you can always join the conversation at one 332 8255 just like Marianne did, who is in Saskatoon. Good morning, Marianne.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was just wondering, I've got black, brown spots that kind of are turning black, and the leaves are falling off of my aspen. And
3: should I be concerned or... What can I do to prevent that?
1: Well, the only thing that can happen is the leaves are turning black, black little, almost like circles or yeah. oblong things. You probably have a leaf miner, okay? And the leaf miner, there's, there's no chemical out there for them anymore. We used to have Saigon, and that used to take care of them. Uh-huh. But, uh, but, but it, it won't hurt the tree. I mean, those black leaves will fall off, but the aspen, they grow so quick, they'll, they'll push out a bunch of new leaves. So the best thing to do right now is give it a shot of fertilizer. Get some new growth happening because there's still lots of lots of growth time for aspens to happen right now it,
2: but I've only transplanted it about three weeks ago oh. Has fertilizer hurt it or
1: not uh no no just just don't go uh just don't like three weeks ago probably give it around uh oh four to f- how tall is it uh, about six seven feet six seven feet yeah four liters of water mixed with the fertilizer
2: and okay. which fertilizer
1: uh 20, 20, 20 30 10 ten any one of those ones okay perfect now, you, say, you, you said it's a new transplant only three weeks ago, though, right? Yeah. I doubt if it's leaf miner. Okay. So the only thing I'd watch for if it's turning black is that pr- uh, probe the soil down into the root ball with your finger. Okay. Yeah. And then see what the moisture level is because one thing they do in this heat that they'll be they'll be sucking a lot of moisture and it could be the soil around the root ball is moist but the root ball because of the heat is yeah. sucked right dry. Okay. So I doubt if it's leaf miner, so but I would check to see whether the tree is actually, you know, getting getting droughted be- for because of the, the heat we're having. So stick your finger into that root ball, what came in the pot. Yeah. And just make sure that it's it's always moist. Okay. Okay. I'm do that and check that out. Perfect. Okay.
2: Thank you, kindly..: You're Have welcome. A good day.
0: You're Thanks, time. Marianne. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five text line. We've got somebody who asks, "Good morning. What do you suggest as a control for grasshoppers?"
1: That's a tough one. Um, you probably for grasshoppers, um, if you can find some echo band, that, that's one you can sort of sprinkle that around the outside edge, and they actually f- will feed on it and they'll they'll just die. You know, oh, okay. that'll work. Yeah. Um, I think Early's has it over in Saskatoon. If you're, I don't know where she's from. Here, uh, but I don't know where it, where, where it's
0: coming from, but um, uh, uh,
1: that one would work. Um, if you can actually spray them, if you can see them, then you can use ambush. No, okay. the only thing you got to watch for is that Ambush is, with anything, read the instructions, because it always says how many days before harvest, especially if you're around a garden. Okay. Okay. Yep. So a lot of people with the grasshoppers are worried about the garden. So if you're going to spray anything around the garden, just make sure you watch. Like Ambush, you can use most crops up to one day before harvest, but there's some that is like seven days before harvest. So you're going to spray some lettuce, you're going to be harvesting the next day, you're not going to be doing that. Right. Okay. okay. So that's what I'm saying. Instructions all very explicitly say if you're going to use a vegetable garden, how many days before harvest. So it's important to read those so, instructions and, and follow it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ed's in Saskatoon on
0: the text line What's the best for tomatoes? Alfalfa tea, Epsom salt, or calcium? And how would I use it for best results?
1: Uh, you can use, actually, you can use both if you want. Um, yeah. So the, the alfalfa pellet tea, um, uh, that, that you can use just about as much as you want. I mean, there's, right. you're not going to hurt the plant. There's lots of calcium. That's one thing about this the the Epsom salts. I mean, you don't have to use very much because it's just a little bit of Epsom salts. Because if you use too much Epsom salts, you're gonna you're gonna, it's just too much for the plant, and yes. the plant will actually get burned on the edge of the leaf. Fried, yeah. Okay, so but but the alfalfa pellet tea I used in about every third watering actually because I was in pure sand, mm, and so mm-hmm. I just used about every third watering and it worked awesome, and I had great tasting tomatoes. So that one you can get away with more because the, the nitrogen level is not very high, it's not going to burn them, right? Yep. It's organic. You don't have to do that. Uh, I use it about every third water because of pure sand, but if you have good topsoil, uh, if you use it about once a week, every, every 10 days or so, that'd be lots.
0: Okay. There you go. Uh, Sherry Texas says, uh, for Garden Talk, Brandon Cedar fertilizing question, would 28-10-10 fertilizer be appropriate yep. for Brandon Cedars? Absolutely. perfect. Okay, that's a pretty easy answer, so go for it and do it one more time this summer.
1: Yeah, One I do, then wrap it up. Yeah, right about now do it now, depending on the size of the branded cedars. If it's a twenty foot high branded cedar, you're going to use about five gallons of water mixed with the fertilizer. Okay. If it's only a five foot or three foot cedar, then you're going to use appropriate amounts. If it's only a three foot, you're going to use about two liters. And if it's, you know, about six feet, you're going to use about four liters of water mixed okay. with the fertilizer.
0: Uh, Doug is in Saskatoon. Says, Hi Rick, how do I treat spider mite on a forty foot spruce tree?
1: Well, you're most gonna have problems in the bottom half of the tree. The top half of the tree is not too much of a spider mite problem. There is some up there obviously, but there's not the biggest problem they work from the bottom inside and they work up and out. Okay. Okay. So you have to use the product you have to use is malathion. I mean if you don't want to use any chemical, just keep blasting cold water into the plant. The spider mites don't like that. But okay? it'll have
0: limited success, right? Limited
1: success, but I mean you if you do if you want to go that way, you can do it that way. Uh, uh otherwise you can use malathion. And you spray it, uh, basically, I like spraying it three times, about four, 14 days between sprayings. And uh, usually I'll start around June the 1st and do it three times then, and then you'll get rid of the numbers. Because all you're trying to do, you're not going to get rid of them all. It's impo- pretty much impossible. You just want to bring the numbers down so the tree can sustain itself. Okay, And also, like I talked earlier before, there's those big spruce trees. What do these spider mites are doing? is They're sucking the, the moisture out of the needles. Mm, yeah. So when the tree is stressed because of drought already, right, there's nothing more to give So because the that's spider right. mites are sucking it out and excreting it, and so it's happened to supply the needles plus the spiders, okay? Yes. So make sure that you water lots, obviously, and especially in the hot part because that's when spider mites are the worst is in the hot part. So
0: help the tree with water. And then uh, there are, you know, like you even can also
1: spray sulfur too, like uh, garden sulfur. Okay, spider mite don't like garden sulfur either. If you want to go totally more of an organic way of doing it, you can spray sp- uh, garden sulfur on it as well. Uh, but spider, but malathion is probably just you need to mask up. You know, you need to probably you use a, a hose and sprayer. A, a hose for that. and sprayer because it shoot about twenty feet high, so you get as best you can because the bottom half is the worst, right? And then you might have sprayed two different days, okay, whichever way the wind's going. So right. one day you're spraying with the wind up into the tree, and then you might have to wait a couple of days for the wind to go the other direction, and then spray from the other side.
0: I suppose too the other option too is that you can always there are uh, companies in town. Yes, right that like do tree maintenance. Yep, and they've got they, got, know, bucket, wind, they, bucket, they got
1: bucket trucks. They can get up they there. They can get they up can there and these, they can
0: spray the whole thing. Spray the whole tree. So yep. so if if it's too daunting of a task, like it's just yep. too big of a tree for you to handle from yep. the ground, yep. or it's in an awkward place, or you know you can't get to, whatever.
1: Now there's other things too. Is um, there's and I, I'm trying to find it, but I know they're out there. There is an actual another spider mite which you can release into the tree, and it actually goes after and eats the bad. This the bad. It's a good spider mite that eats the bad spider mite. Okay, okay. And then the good one doesn't doesn't nope. eat the tree. No, nope. doesn't eat the tree. Just goes after other spiders. Okay, all right. So that one is tougher to find, and you might have to look on the internet for that one. But uh, you can actually get an insect that'll eat another insect.
0: Okay. A text is in from Christy in Saskatoon. I have spireas that are three-quarters dead, maybe from the drought last year or the cold winter. What would have killed them? Will they come back or should I replace them?
1: Well, spireas, a lot of times you can trim the dead back and if you if you got any new growth coming from the base, yep. hit them with some fertilizer. Yeah. Right? 30, 10, 10, 20, 20, 20, whatever you have around the home and, and hit them with the fertilizer. Uh, usually about, if a tree's in that sort of state, usually about four liters of water. You know, because it's probably an older plant, mm-hmm. and um, if if there's any viability in that thing, that that plant will just push out new growth like crazy, right? Especially spirea, and you can get it just tr- right now. But first of all, before you get that new growth going, get all the trim trim all the dead branches out of it, right? Trim it right out. Yes, and then 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 I'll then um, give it the fertilizer and it'll come back.
0: I got a I have a shrub in the front of my house that's that did really well last year and this year the top is sort of green and I'm trying to remember what it is exactly but um it's it, yeah it, there's quite a few dead dead little sticks in there this year many more this year than there was in the past. Anytime years.
1: there's dead sticks, trim them out. You don't have to wait for a certain time of the year for dead sticks. Trim them out right away. Trim them out right away. Yep. Okay. Same thing with your trees. Any dead branches, any broken branches, trim out right away, because that's just ways you can bring uh, disease or insects. They love dead branches, and so that's why the city likes even the elm trees, to get around to those trees every seventh year right? they can. Because they trim out any dead branches, any any branches that are broken, any branches that are crossing, whatever, so that it doesn't have a, a, it's not a tree, it's not a host for all the insects and dead wood to be able to hang out and spread other disease around. All right, makes sense. Okay,
0: okay, we're going to get to more, some t- more texts from Bernie, Elizabeth, and Joe when we get back. And now is a perfect time to join the conversation when you've got a question. 1-877-332-8255. Give us a call anytime. News update right now for everybody. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Nice Sunday morning. Hope you're enjoying yours. Welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dijvendyk. Jill is away right now. 1-877-332-8255. Those are the numbers you can call or text to join the conversation. Bernie texted us a little while ago. Bernie's in Saskatoon. He wants to know a bit more about the Nest Secret Garden Tour. So we're going to get some information for that in a little bit. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, Elizabeth texted us. Good morning. I have a three-year-old Virginia creeper with two to three feet... Uh, basically, the bottom is bare, two okay. to three feet. There's yep. no no leaves. Very lush after that, six to eight feet after the bare branches. It's very lush, beautiful leaves. And it's growing. Yep. Why is the bottom
1: bare? Yeah, Virginia creepers are, tend to do that. I mean, because they, there there's more sunlight up top, right? Mm, okay. More light, more sunlight, everything else, and uh, also, you'll see that quite often. The Virginia creepers will they'll, will they'll grow like that. So what you can do is, if you want to get more growth, take one of those branches that are near the bottom and let them touch if they're touching the ground throw a little bit of dirt over top of them oh right and those will root okay those branches will root and then they'll sprout up and then you'll have some more new younger growth that'll be near the bottom oh interesting and then you'll get fill it in again but a lot of times it has to do with light right they're all reaching up for the top of the fence or the top of the trellis or whatever where there's more light and as the branches get thicker and that so what you can't even do with it is that i've done that as well is that uh, i've trimmed my my virginia keeper you know, you can't do it this time of the year, but when it's dormant, trim it down to, you know, like three feet off the ground mm-hmm. and let it start again.
0: You know, I grew up in a house with this on, yep. up go- growing up a trellis on the side of a patio. Yep. And then it would kind of grow underneath the patio roof. The roof was attached to the house. And then it would sort of fill in. And, and we, it was a, a, you know, 70s vintage house, so it had stucco, you know. Yep. So the little, the little creepers would just latch onto the little stucco pieces and crawled all over the side of the house it was really really beautiful right. they can be amazing these virginia creepers you right can
1: watch them grow up a telephone pole and down the wires <laughs> yeah exactly That's just what they can do yeah
0: uh, but but it, we did that a few times yep. where we it was it was kind of yep. getting gross yep you see, just trim it down and it, we just trimmed it all down pulled most of the stuff down yep. right down to the ground or pretty close to the ground next year it it grew all the way back up well it would grow fast
1: like all the way, especially get a little bit of food and fertilizer. That thing will just whoo, yeah, on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's there's pictures even from other locations, not necessarily Saskatchewan, but yeah. you know places where the, yeah. where the ivies are the Virginia creeper is like is covered the whole house. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, it'll go that far. So, like you said, cut it down. Not right now. Obviously. No, 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 when is
1: dormant. So dormant? do that. Do that next beginning of April next year. Yep, and just trim right down to about three feet off the ground, just like they do in the in the vines and grapevines and the vineyards and that. They trim down the you know these stalks are like huge, like they're like almost six inches in diameter of some of the trunks. But the, the tree's only three feet tall because they keep trimming them back to the main stalks and then they let them grow out into the trellises after that again.
0: Now, a Virginia creeper grows uh, like always on new wood or does it grow on old wood sometimes? Well,
1: it'll grow from old wood, but it'll, but the new nice leaves are always on the new wood. Right. Okay, so that's why if you trim it down and then you'll get all that new growth and it'll fill the whole bottom in again and not just be growing on old wood at the very, very top, you know, off the old wood into the new, because that's where all the big light is, because it's searching for light all the time, right?
0: Well, and we found, like, on ours, I remember this as a kid, is that this trellis, um, you know, went kind of vertical yep. which, on one sort of side of the patio, and after a while, the, the leaves would all be on the outside of the trellis, yep. where the sun was, and when you were sitting inside the patio, or on the inside of that yep. trellis, is this ugly, sticky, gross yep. thing. No light. No light. But when we rejuvenated it, yep. then it all was green. You know, yeah, exactly. for a few years. For, so
1: they can tell us we
0: used to do the whole thing over again. Do the whole thing over again. So you can always keep trying it that way. Uh, okay, this is for Joe from Saskatoon on the text line one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We have a usually healthy lawn which has suddenly developed dead spots that are spreading.
1: Do you think it's grubs? How can we tell what it is and what should we do? Yeah, just take your little shovel and just dig some spots up at the edge of those brown spots, and okay. then you'll find out whether you have any sod. Remember at the beginning of the show, I was talking about sod wetworms? Yes. That's yep. starting to show up into a lot of lawns. Uh, so that's the main thing that's happening. It could be cutworms as well. Um, it could be, uh, most times, it's, it can be the red thread, but red thread seems to go in, in lines. About. Okay, yeah. Whereas uh, the the grubs go in more circles and work their way out in ob- oblong circles. There might be little patches here, or there, but they they work in patches because the grubs are eating roots, right? Okay. So, so how with do you take saw- care of that? webworms, you'll see the moss. If you walk through along, you'll see the little moss flying out of your out of your grass. Yes. And they're tiny little moss, and that's they laid the eggs, and the, the, the larva stage of that is a worm which eats on the roots.
0: Okay. So how do you take care of those problems?
1: Those ones there, you just use that grub out. That's the best way, which is a nematode. It goes at the little bug that goes after and eats them because the, the there again, the, the, the chemicals for the grass are basically all gone. Mm-hmm. And so the best one is, is using grub out. It's a little round ball which comes with a bunch of nematodes. This round ball treats about a thousand square feet and you spray it onto your grass, water it in really well. Yep. I like watering my grass first, spray it, water it again, and then these little grubs seek and destroy.
0: So then you're going to start to see the grass kind of come back after a little while, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, and if the patches are really big, you might have to just overseed, put some grass seed back into those areas to get it grow back quicker, and then rake your grass because there's thatch. You want the seed to be in contact with the soil because if the seed just sits on top of the thatch, it'll root on top of that thatch because you're watering, right? Yes. But then you get a 31-degree weather, and there's no roots aren't into the soil. They're into the thatch, and then it just withers up and dies. Right. Okay, right, Right. Yeah.
0: Okay, so there you go, Joe. Hopefully that helps you figure that out. Probably going to be the the grub problem. Grub out is the solution, yep. and and then give it some fertilizer. We can. That's the other thing I was going to mention is we talked about stopping fertilizing trees and shrubs here, but that doesn't mean we have to stop fertilizing the lawn. That's right. Correct. Yeah. So like the lawn is separate from that. Now, that
1: right now is the time to put your summer fertilizer on. Right. So I like using like oh, I like going to the well, I talk about that the groundskeeper fertilizer. Yep. Um, you put that on because one thing nice about Groundskeeper is that you don't have to change like the other fertilizers. They got a spring fertilizer, they have mm-hmm. a summer fertilizer, and a different fall. Well, the formulation is made for Saskatchewan. The the groundskeeper is the same fertilizer you use in the spring, summer, and fall. It works great for all three of them because it's not a high it's not a high nitrogen. It only has a 16 in it. Mm-hmm. Most other f- summer fertilizers have a 32 or 34. Oh, wow! And because you get your lawn nice and green, it has some iron in it. Well, so does Groundskeeper. But there's a special ingredient in groundskeeper, which is sulfur, Mm -hmm. lowers the pH of your soil so the plants can uptake nutrients. So it doesn't need that high numbers because now you've made the soil more efficient for the plants to uptake nutrients. That's why it's made for Saskatchewan soils. It's made just just outside Saskatoon. That's right. And so it's made for our soils and it works awesome.
0: It does. And I, and I use it too. I, I kind of put it on kind of once a month in the summer. You know that?
1: <laughs> you, you got, you got the nicest along the block.
0: Uh, the, well, there's some competition out there on my, at <laughs> my street, but, but, uh, it, it does, it does do yeah. a pretty nice job. It's just about time now. I can tell that it's not as lush green, yep. dark green as it was when I, yep. you know, the first, when I put it on in, back well, in June. So it's time for another round.
1: How many times you watering? How often do you water your grass? You know what? <laughs>
0: More, I don't wa- probably water it as much as I should, but yep. it still grows really well. Yep. And I let it get pretty
1: thick and tall. But most people, they got their sprinklers coming on every day. Sometimes, yeah, I don't right? do that. A no, couple people, times a week for right? me. A couple times a week, but some people have... If you water deeper, you don't have to water as much. Okay? Exactly, yeah. Also, if you keep your grass about about two and a quarter inches long, like raise those wheels up a little bit. You, you sh- cut it down short... You're just talking inviting scorch into the roots in this heat, right? Yes. You also invite ants, you also invite more weeds, everything into your grass when you cut it so short. Raise those wheels up a little bit. What's the difference? Right? Yeah. Whether you keep it one inch or you keep it two and a half inches. You Much healthier for the lawn if you keep it like two and a half inches.
0: You don't need indoor outdoor carpet, you need shag. Shag Shag rug. <laughs> green shag rug. <laughs> back to the 60s yeah, that's right susan's text is going to come up here in a little bit lorene's as well and kathy's we're going to get to those texts when we get back stick around more coming up and a great time to join the conversation 1-877-332-8255 you're listening to garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom <music> Thanks for joining us at Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday. Uh, it's kind of some varied weather around the province. Yep. There's probably places right now that you're sitting out on your patio or your deck, enjoying the sunshine, hopefully listening to us. Other places, uh, you might be indoors because it's raining. So,
1: I don't listen to the weather forecast. I watch the radar and I yes. can see it coming, you know, and you can see it start and stop and everything else. And so that's when I, I, I watch that a lot.
0: We are going to take a look at some of the amazing garden tours you can you can uh, be a part of around Saskatchewan in a yep. moment. Before we do that, though, we are going to go to our call, who is in uh, Hepburn. Our caller is Sharon this morning. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Hey, good
4: morning. How are you?
1: Very good. What's your question um, for us?
4: Yeah, so probably about a month ago, maybe even a little longer, um, I have a couple... Uh, they're like lime green the japanese barberries that uh, are in my backyard they kind of are under the hanging at the top of my house but yep. they face south so yep. they get lots of sun lime green and, so
1: it's called sensation barberry
4: okay yep. yeah and they're beautiful they're deer resistant they're perfect for my yard yep. and but about 6 weeks ago a month ago some of the leaves on individual spines like individual branches yep. started to turn a light brown and curl up so originally i thought oh maybe i'm just i kind of haven't been giving as much water this year maybe that's the problem watered them and i actually just cut those branches right off in case it was a bug no that didn't help it spread to other branches so then i kind of did a little looking online and i thought okay they can be susceptible to a fungus so my husband and i tried treating them with some copper and that didn't work and then i thought okay maybe there's a bug that we're just not seeing Um, So we ambushed it. And that didn't work either. And now I know I'm going to have to replace one of them. And yesterday on the east side of my house, I have uh, Japanese barberries as well, but they have red leaves. And I noticed it on one of them. And I'm just, I don't know if something's going around or I'm just worried I'm going to have to start replacing all of these. And I've had them for about four years. They're beautiful.
1: Yeah, no. Last winter, most likely what happened is they took some damage last winter, even before the snow came and uh so what happens is that they're still it, it can it the, they can survive in this, in the this, in the spring when it's a little bit cooler In that and it was a cooler spring and cuz they'm right. energy in the branches and then as the roots can't supply the top of the branches as it gets hotter you'll start getting yeah. withering and dying so it took some winter damage that's what happened to the barberry and I've, okay. s- I've seen that all around quite a bit. So you don't have a, if, if it was a disease, you would, the only disease you would see is, is a rust on them, but you would notice it. You, you would, you would definitely see something right away. You'd see okay. a, a rust on it. But if the branches are just turning brown, curling, like sort of shriveling up and dying, it's because you had mm-hmm. some root damage this last winter. So, so
4: should I just dig them out?
1: Yeah, if if they're t- if they're totally dying, they're not going to come back. Okay. Okay. And uh, so what you what you want to do is that with the barberries because they are, barberries are are zone three b to four b type of thing, So they're on the they're on the edge. Okay, for hardiness. Okay, they they are, they're beautiful plants. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I have had barberries for forever growing, not yeah. a problem. So it all depends on the spot, but it, what usually gets them is when we don't get snow right away in the winter time, and it gets cold. Oh, okay. And it's, once the snow comes, they're fine. I mean, it doesn't matter how cold it gets outside, as long as they have that snow cover, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's when there's no snow either, either in the sh- what I call the shoulders, the, the beginning yep. in, De- in November, December, and also, you know, when we get into March and April when we get some snow melting away, especially if they're up against the house. So just yep. always remember that if, if if the weather if you have a barberry because they're beautiful, is that you'll you'll have to just mulch them somehow. If you, fig- I always like leaving leaves around in my bags, and if all of a sudden we get into November, and uh, we, there's there's certain t- I see the temperature going down below minus fifteen type of thing, yep. and there's no snow, then I, that's when I have those extra bags of leaves stored in the corner, and now I start mulching. Even in like November. Like
4: I have black mulch down in the ground, like yep. black wood chip. Could I try just wrapping them with burlap?
1: Uh, burlap won't help, okay, because okay. burlap the because co- it's the root. It's okay. the root, the, and the and the coldness goes right through. The burlap keeps shade, you know, for from the desiccating, right? That okay. helps, but you're not protecting the root. The best way to do for for I find for barberries is just take a, a cardboard box, open up oh. the, open up the flaps, right? Yeah. And on the bottom, so they're facing the out, so you can put some dirt on top of them so the cardboard box doesn't blow away and yeah. open up the top and throw some leaves in it. And you just have to remember by, by the, the 15th to 20th of, of April, you need to, yeah. you need to take, take that box off, right? Okay. So, and it all depends just watching the weather, obviously, because if it's still cold at night, then you don't want to take it off right away. But usually around 15th to 20th of April, I, I take that, I take that box off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
4: Okay. Well, thanks. I'm. It's actually better to know that it's not something that I no. didn't catch or kill. It's <laughs> no. not, Nothing I could have controlled. No.
1: I guess. It's just a hardy. It's a hardiness thing. And one thing you make sure you do is that keep your check your pH of your soil. If you keep okay. your pH between six point five and seven, you'll make your barberries hardier. Okay. Okay. Where the pH is up around seven point four to eight point three, which a lot of times it is, they won't be as hardy. Okay. Yeah, I don't feel bad, Sharon.
0: I'm I'm in Martinsville, and I couldn't get uh, I couldn't get a barberry hedge to to stay alive for me. It just oh, wouldn't really wouldn't do okay. it. I had I had them all put put in a hedge in a row, and did, tried everything, and no, had had to go. Aww. So, yep.
4: oh yep. shoot, yeah. Well, I'm always looking for stuff that's deer resistant because in the winter we usually have a few of those cruising through town. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> and, and and the Barberry's is also kid resistant too yeah that's true <laughs> that's very true yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> little
3: pokey
1: there okay, great okay
4: thanks so much guys
1: you're welcome take care One eight seven seven three three two eight
0: two five five. 332 8255 great call thanks uh, thanks for that okay we've got some more calls that have ro- or, uh, showed up here so we've got about three or two or three minutes to get through one of these here so we're going to go through and talk to Lorraine who's been waiting the the, the next uh in in line here hi, hi Lorraine good
3: morning, good morning. And so I'm just outside of Saskatoon yes and uh, I have some pretty disappointing bridal wreath spryerea on the south side of my house that yeah. I think I'd like to change out. And I wonder, um, I've seen some really pretty ninebark um, shrubs yep. that have a little white blossom on them. I wonder how long do they blossom, and is the south exposure a good spot for them?
1: Yeah, that'll be fine. Blossom about two to three weeks, approximately, because uh, they blossom and they go to seed, right? So, uh, So, yeah, it's about... About two weeks, they're just finishing up blossoming right now. You'll see mm-hmm. them all over the place. So, and they have sort of, a, especially the purple colored ones, they have a more of a pinky white flower, and the yellow ones have a more of a white flower. Okay, in the nine okay. barks. So, you want Some more colorful, leaves? if you want more colorful than a uh, flower, then go to the more, the, the uh, darker leaves. The darker leaves.
3: Okay. Okay, and the, when you said uh, the yellow ones, is it like a kind of a lime, lime yes. greenish yep.
1: color? No, okay. Then they come in different sizes. Where there's one called Nugget, which grows about five to six feet tall in that range. Okay. And then you have one called Darts Gold Nine Bark with the gold leaves. It goes five feet tall. And then you have Tiny Wine Gold, which is about three to four feet tall.
3: Okay, so that small one, yep. the three to four feet tall, yes. does it come in the, the burgundy darker yep. leaf color?
1: And that one's not okay. Tiny Wine Gold, this is called Tiny Wine. Okay, and okay. then it comes out with the with burgundy leaves and then the nice pinky white flowers.
3: Okay, that sounds like a, worth a try. All right, thank you so much. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, yes. Lorraine. Right. Take care.
3: Right. Bye-bye.
0: All right. uh, Judy's in the line from Maple Creek. Judy, just hang on. We have to go to a break right now. Sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. We want your call on, so stick with us. We're going to talk about your peonies when we get back uh, for sure from Maple Creek. And then we're going to go through the text line, and I promise we are going to talk about the Nest Secret Garden Tours, both in Saskatoon and Garden Tours in Regina as well. So we'll give you the information for that. Great
1: great gardens that are just hidden away. Little gems that you don't see and get to see a peek at them when that comes. More coming up
0: on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Here we go with an hour number two of Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm with Rick Van Dijvendijk. Jill is away this week, but she'll be back again sometime soon. And we're gonna go to Maple Creek right now. Waiting patiently on the line. We have got to thank you very much for waiting. Is Judy? Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Um, I wanted to ask about peonies. I've had some planted in my yard for 15, 20 years, maybe yep. longer. And it seems to me that most of them are seem to have turned white. And is that possible?
1: The flowers are turned white. Yes. Sometimes they, the after a while, they will revert, revert back. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, it has to do with the makeup of the soil again. So just watching your pH of your soil, because uh, a lot of colors come from what what's what they can uptake and for nutrients in the soil. And and sometimes if your pH is really high. The the plants can't take up the proper nutrients, like all the different, you know, iron and magnesium and sulfur and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. So if you watch your pH of your soil and have it around 7, which is neutral,
2: okay
1: uh, the plants will, you'll find even like hydrangeas. If I put aluminum sulfate around some like uh, endless summer hydrangeas, I can keep them blue instead, otherwise they'll turn pink. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and but but having the pH downs corrected at around seven, and not high up around seven point four to eight, then the plant will take up those nutrients which they can't. They get locked up, and the plants can't get it if the pH is too high. And so, but a lot of times you you'll notice even a spirea. Sometimes you get a, a gold spirea, and all of a sudden you'll get these green branches coming in amongst the gold spireas, and they'll revert back to what their ancestry was in the genetics. So sometimes peonies will do that, but I don't see them peonies very often. Okay, is okay. that most time? What if you have a pink peony? It's going to stay pink. If you have a red peony, it'll stay red.
2: Well, so, mine seem to have turned turned mostly white. Mostly but white. I, like I what I say, I live in Cobble Rock Country. When you dig a hole around here, you hauling away rocks. Hauling away rocks. Looking for dirt. Yeah. And trust me, I have a big yard, and I've been doing it for years. But is there anything I can? Have put to the, you know, the soil to change it then if it yep. needs that?
1: Yeah, aluminum, aluminum sulfate or sulfur. Okay.
2: i I'm going two. to give that a whirl.
1: So ch- check your pH. though so get a little test kit. You can check it at home, okay? But you mm-hmm. need to go get yourself some d- distilled water from the pharmacy, okay? Okay. And that's what the water you use to make your test with. Don't, okay. Don't use water from your tap or your well or anything else because that'll throw your results way out of whack. Okay. So check it with distilled water, and you can do a little test. You can get them at any pretty much any garden center, or usually Canadian tires, doesn't matter. Uh-huh. You can pick up a little test kit for pH, okay. and then you can test it right at home.
2: So if if it is, and I can change it, yes. uh, how long will it take for them to come back to color? Uh,
1: probably next year.
2: Okay, I'm going yep. to do it. Okay. Thanks a million. You're Thanks welcome.
0: Judy. Take care. Bye bye. one 332 8255 Okay. Now is our opportunity. If you've been listening to the show for a little while here this morning, we got a great text in this morning from Bernie. And I don't know if it's, uh, if it's, uh, he or she Bernie, but Bernie wanted to talk about. Garden tours. And we have to bring this up because this is so yes, cool. It's so much. Yeah, it's great. So in Saskatoon, for example, we're going to talk about Saskatoon, Regina right now. But in Saskatoon, there is what's called the Nest Secret Garden tour. Tours. And it is Sunday, July 24th, uh, this year from one till five o'clock, a self-guided Got it. tour of Saskatoon Gardens, yep. and they're supporting refugee settlement as well because of what's going on in Ukraine, so that's where the proceeds are going from. But you can get passports to this, okay?
1: And basically you, you get a passport and you... It has the addresses in it, and you just go from place to place to place in that one-to-five time period. Exactly. You can get passports at Dutch Growers in Saskatoon,
0: Early's Farm and Garden Centre, both their locations uh, on Lorne Avenue and on 51st yep. Street. So there's three different garden centres you can go to in Saskatoon.
1: Great, great way to spend the Sunday afternoon seeing these little hidden Gems that you drive down the street and you go, well, How could that be? You know, like all of a sudden you go into the backyard and you go, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. There are
0: some phenomenal gardens (laughs) around Saskatoon and around Regina, every community. There's going to be somebody in every community that just does an amazing job. Absolutely. Uh, We were, we were just, you know, looking at one of the tours uh, done on video, a virtual tour from last year. Um, so this, this was kind of on hold for while the pandemic was on and now that things have recovered, this is back in, in swing again. If you're in the Regina area, Uh, there's actually a dance studio called New Dance Horizons and they have secret garden tours coming again this year. And, uh, they're going to be several different days, August 12th, 13th and 14th between 10 and four. And you can get tickets, newdancehorizons.ca. So they're, they're talking about that too, because it doesn't really matter what, you know, town you're in.
1: They'll have community. a little horticulture society or a little something going on. They might have a little horticultural days where they have people tours in people's yards. So check out your local horticulture society. They'll know exactly or your little horticultural guru. There's always one in every town yep. and they'll know where the little tours are. Or they might just say, you know what? Come on over, have a well, tour of my yard. You know, like
0: I've got uh, yep. uh, my, my wife's sister. So my sister in law and her yep. husband, they live in White City. Just outside of Regina. And when they got married, they were, you know, married in their backyard and stuff. And they have a very nice backyard. There is just two doors down a neighbor of theirs that hosted them for their wedding photos. And you wouldn't believe oh, this no. backyard. Yep. Of course, from the front of the house, it looks very, very nice. It's you yeah. know manicured lawn and yep. nice flower beds. You get in the backyard, and it is paradise on earth. Oh yeah, it's I, unbelievable.
1: I've been to some of those, and you just you drive down the street, and yeah, like I said, the front is is nice, but it, you get into the backyard, and <gasps> um, you know trell you know arbors and trellises and vines and all different, water features water features and all these different types of perennials and plants and and just a ray of color, and it's just somebody's own little secret oasis.
0: And it makes you want to just sit down? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just and, in, and and absorb it for hours. Absorb it. <laughs> yep. So you can do that. Again, you can check out New Dance Horizons, Secret Garden Tours, New Dance Horizons. Uh, you can actually go to the website. It's called secretgardentour.ca. ca. Yep secretgardentour.ca. That's the Regina one, and it is called nestsaskatoon.net. Yes. If you're going to find the one around Saskatoon. And I know we're just talking about a couple of them. you know, And, and Saskatoon
1: out. usually has another one in August as well. There's one that comes right.
0: around as well. So Don't have information on that one just yet, but at least we've got this one on July yeah. 24th. Uh, August is the Regina area. one 332 8255 That's how you can join the conversation this morning. Uh, this is a text that's coming from Laureen. She's in Unity. I live by a park with many old poplars, all the way I get new trees coming up from the roots in my whole yard, this year they're coming up in my garden. Yep. The new trees from the roots of poplars, um, how, how do I get rid of them before they take over my garden?
1: The only way you can do it is that hopefully the tree's not too close to your fence, what you do is you basically dig at your fence line between your fence and the garden, you dig a trench, okay? And then you're basically severing those roots, Yeah. okay? And then once you sever those roots, you can go into your garden, you know, when obviously the harvest is not there, and then you can dig up those roots. It's a bit of work, but I mean, you're going to tail rot- or turn over your garden anyways. A lot of times you can, they're fairly close to the surface, the poplar roots, and you can usually dig them up and pull them up and do that. Or if you sever the roots away from the adult plant, okay? Otherwise, you can do. You can also put a herbicide on them well and, c- and kill those roots. But you have to sever it from the main one. Now you got to remember because if you just put the if you if you're just trying to sever the roots from one and you have multiple rounds, so that's why you have to dig the trench the whole way across the across the uh, uh, fence line. Because what happens if you got all poplars? They sometimes two poplars will fuse roots together. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. They won't fuse together with let's say a poplar and a linden. They won't fuse together. Okay, they the they're, they're genetically they won't grow together. Okay, but two poplars will. So there might be another poplar across the other side of the fe- other side of the yard. While well, those two roots might have joined and then joined together. So if you put chemical on one, you might damage either one of the trees. You know, so that's what you have to be careful about. But other than that, you're going to sever the root. Then you can then you can put a herbicide on those. You can paint on the leaves. And then kill kill the uh, that those suckers that way. So it or come up. Yeah. if it's in the garden, when you do your turning of your garden, you can just dig up those roots. And then once you sever, it, and then once you made that trench, before you fill that trench back in, put a heavy duty landscape fabric like a like a one that lasts twenty years. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. it's the heavy duty stuff. Put it vertically up and down in your trench, and then backfill it. Now the roots will grow through there back there into the area. Okay. 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 Uh we've got text coming up on the way this morning
0: from Kathy, Donna, Nicole, Ann, Nikki Gord, Wendy and Ted. It's all on the way. So stick around, join the conversation at one eight seven seven 332 8255 I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke this is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Whatever you're doing, I hope you're enjoying your Sunday off. Or maybe it's not even off, but I hope you're enjoying our show. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. Wherever we're reaching you across the province, uh, we are talking about all kinds of questions, things that are going on in your garden or your yard or trees, shrubs. If you're having issues, give us a call and join the conversation. Such as Donna, who's in Emma Lake. So we're going a little bit north here. Uh, she says we've got a lilac tree. It's at least 30 years old because there was so much snow for the first time. The deer ate the bark off of it. We only had a few lilacs this year. What can we do to help bring it back? And should we protect it this
1: winter? Yeah. If it's a hit and miss, right? Like with the deer, they'll they'll, normally, they won't eat lilacs unless they're hungry. I always usually leave them alone.
0: And there was a lot of snow up there. Like, if
1: if you ever saw pictures of what Emma
0: Lake looked like this year with snow, there was like piled up. Yeah. Four
1: feet or more of snow. They couldn't dig through the snow to find the grass or (laughs) anything You couldn't dig through the snow. So there's lots.
0: Yeah. So they're eating whatever they can get their hands
1: on. Whatever they can get their hands on. So otherwise, you can put a little snow fence around them or whatever just to keep the deer away from them. Otherwise, um, what you can do right now is give it just a... I like doing it normally right after they finish blooming. Mm -hmm. I'll give them just a slight pruning, fertilize it. And you still have time right now because it, it, what'll happen if you can get it to put some new growth on right now, it'll bloom on that new growth for next year. Okay. The growth that happens this year, it'll bloom next year on that growth. So that's why you want to fertilize it right now because uh, yeah, you're looking right about now be perfect time because things go colder up north quicker than here right, right, uh, right. than southern part of the province. So fertilize it now, get some growth on it, deadhead old, those old flower heads off of it, that's important as well, because if you deadhead those old flowers, it'll put new growth on because it wants to produce more seed next year because you took away their seed this year. Right. Right? Okay. So any, any of those dead branches, trim those out as well, and then just promote new growth. That's I've also, huge.
0: I've also seen people uh, use, you can get tree nets. Yeah, I've seen those too on people who use those for fruit trees. Yep. And that would always could also be a solution to put on at the end of the season for overwinter, right? Yep. Because if the deer can't get through the net, they'll probably go to some other tree. That's right.
1: right? Any 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 way you can put, uh, like I said, up north when I, we were up McPhee Lake, we just used to use a snow fence around the cedars because the deer and the elk love the cedars. Most of our cedars were tow parries. <laughs> as far as they could get on their back hind legs and eat up, uh, eat the eat, cedars up, up high, up the high, yeah. Right? So they were, it had everything had, it was like six, seven feet high and higher than seven feet. Yeah. That's where the cedars were good.
0: Well, I've seen, I've seen people use tree nets that are meant for, like, I had one, one person I saw who had a cherry tree. Yeah. And the birds kept eating all the cherries. That's right right but they wanted the cherries cuz they were good and yep. it was actually one of those this this gardener was in moose jaw he brought a cherry tree from bc yep. and actually had enough success in the oh, heart good. of moose jaw yeah. keeping a bc cherry yeah, tree alive there had microclimate so exactly it, yeah so amazingly he had these delicious deep red jewel Cher- cherries that were just amazing. Yeah. Like I even tried one. But he had to keep a net on it because the birds would just birds eat, it. eat the whole thing. Yeah. But you could use that net and as an example. And
1: there's also a, a heavier duty a closer mesh a deer deer fence you can buy it. Okay. Too. There you so go. So then you can just cut it into, into pieces to cut, to go around each individual plant you want. Yep. And because uh, normally they're meant for putting around a garden, let's say, as a whole fence. Right? Yes, yes. But you can make smaller chunks that will go around a plant.
0: There we go, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Anne is in Swift Current. Says my potato plants are very tall, reaching for the sun. I have some friends with potato plants that are like four feet tall too. Yeah. Shaded by neighboring trees, is there anything I, I can do to prune them back? They're flowering right
1: now. Want to make sure their potatoes are underneath of them. But he wants to prune back the trees, to get more light in there, maybe. <laughs> so do you do you prune potato plants? <laughs> well, you can, but I mean, it's they're, they're stretching for light. Okay, right, so, like I said, the best thing to do is to thin the trees out, yeah, okay. right, a little yeah. bit to let more light come through yeah uh that's that's the problem is they're stretching for the light, and so you can prune them back, but i mean they're they're still the more leaves they have, the more the better the crop is gonna be underneath it, right too, so i would just I would just leave them, okay, and uh because basically the leaves need to they need to create photosynthesis, so they need to have these more leaves out there. To be able to grab whatever sunlight they can to put the energy back into the root. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the best thing to do, especially in those type of areas, is make sure that you you put a fertilizer with a little more sulfur in it. Like we even sell now a, a fertilizer that's made for potatoes, and it barely has any nitrogen in it because they're because potatoes are nitrogen fixing, so they fix their own nitrogen mm. from the soil. Okay, yeah, but it has more of the all the, the you know the phosphorus, potassium, and it has sulfur in it, which potatoes will do a lot better as well.
0: Okay. Okay. 1-877-332-8255. Nikki is uh, outside of East End, Saskatchewan, so down by the dinosaurs. Yep. Uh, I'm growing onions, and I'm wondering if I'm supposed to cut the green to- onion tops. I read that you cut them off to grow the bigger onions. Yeah.
1: At the at the end, what you do is instead of cut them off is remember, Grandma used to always go out and and step on their onion tops. Sort of fold them over. Oh, okay. So that, that's a better way of doing it. Oh. then you still have the green part and still, still some juices will go down, but you'll sort of almost like kinking a hose. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right? okay. And so grandma always used to step on the, on the onions rather than cutting them off. Oh. So that's a better way to do it. Okay. Um,
0: she said, also, how, how often do I use fish fertilizer and alfalfa tea on my tomato
1: plants? Depending how much you water. Okay, it really comes down how much you water. So put it down about every fifth watering. Okay. Mm, okay. So yeah. depends some soils hold moisture better than other soils. I had sand, so I did it about every third watering, right? Because it's just pure sand. There was no there was no other nutrients in that soil at all. Just sand. Yeah, and so, right. Right. So, but if you have good long garden soil, you might want to do it every two weeks, right? Mm, yep. So it all depends on your soil. Uh, your makeup, and, but you're not going to over fertilize. So, so you can experiment.
0: With alfalfa and fish on the tomatoes, you're not going to over
1: fertilize. You can do it every watering if you want, yep. right? Well, every watering is a little bit over. Oh, so you can over fertilize, can well, you? Uh, no, it's just uh, <laughs> you're wasting fertilizer. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: <laughs> she says, by the way, uh, I never thought I'd like gardening as much as I do, and it's because of this show. Thank you very much. There you go. Oh, I that's love nice it. to I love say. It. Perfect. Thanks, Nikki. That's really nice to say. Great, great stuff. Thanks for listening and keep it up. Uh, okay, so Gord has a text for us. I think we can squeeze this in. Yep, okay. Uh, can you explain what causes algae growth in lakes?
1: Yeah, I live at Blackstrap Lake in Saskatchewan, and it is green. Like sea foam yep. green. And most of it comes from... Uh, a lot of the, the farmyards, all the all the water comes from Blackstrap, let's say. It comes all the way from Deep Baker Lake, right? Yep. It comes through canals and other little um, reservoirs and everything else. And most of it's picked up through phosphorus, a lot of extra phosphorus, and it, just nutrients in the soil. Like if it goes through a slough area and it comes into the clay, it's going to pick up all kinds of growth from uh, even from um, you know, like dead cactus and everything else, right? right. You know I mean, but mostly it's from from blackstrap. It's it's mostly from a phosphorus runoff from the fields, and, and so that phosphorus, extra phosphorus. phosphorus creates growth of algae big time. So the algae is kind of in there, but it's sort of dormant or oh, yeah. at low levels. Now you're feeding it. Now you're feeding it's it. It's like fertilizing your tree and you make it grow quicker, right? You put some phosphorus in there, and it makes the algae go, <gasps> yum, yum yum yum, and just <laughs> growing like crazy. Because
0: you get what you end up getting in a lot of lakes is it turning green. The algae goes crazy, but, and then but, all the fish die, right? But
1: you're seeing this year. I I've heard from all lakes all over the place, and all over the all over the mm. Saskatchewan that mm-hmm. the lakes are a little bit greener this year. Yeah, and uh, and so that's um, timings a little weird too. Timings a little bit weird. The weather's been, you know, you know. More humid, but it was hot, and and the seasons were later and everything else. And so, yeah, this year, uh, especially last year, we had the drought, and we had a lot of heat last year, so it grew a lot of it last year, and so you've seen the results from last year to this year. Gotcha.
0: Okay, we're going to get to text from Wendy. Uh, Who else here? Ted. Oh, I got to look at Janet, uh, Kent, Tracy, many more after that coming up right away. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van a News update right now for you. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650CKOM. <music> Just looking at the skies. Looks like we're going to get some clear skies if you're in Saskatoon listening right now. If you're joining us in other parts of the province, hope you're enjoying your Sunday and hope you get some good weather out there too. It, the forecast looks hot. Hot for this coming
1: up week, and then what is going to happen in the evenings, you'll get little storms pop up, right? Because just because when you have moisture and there is a bit more moisture than last year, Mm -hmm. it creates more moisture, right? Yeah, (laughs) especially on hot days. And that's what's going to happen. Wendy is in
0: Saskatoon. We're going to go to the text line right now. one 332 8255 Good morning. I've got million bells hanging flowers. Yes. Underneath they're dry and looking dead, but they're still green. Can I cut that out or
1: Absolutely. cut down the whole plant? Give them a haircut. Okay. They'll come right back. Well, we've got to remember, <clears throat> when you get that sort of situation, usually that happens from two things, right? You're not consistent watering, so you're going dry. It's, you drought, You droughted it once. Even just once, we'll lose a lot of flowers, Yep. And or if you overwatered it for any length of time. So watch what you, watch your moisture, keep them wet, uh keep them moist, okay? And also they've probably run, the the plant the pots if you have them in pots, you probably have a million bells in a pot. They probably run out of nutrients. So if you're not fertilizing consistently with a with a, you know, you're you're mixing the water, put some slow release fertilizer pellets on the top of the pot. Mm, yep, And you can do that now even because they're an annual anyways. And then every time you water, it gives them just a little shot of fertilizer. Perfect.
0: Uh, Ted is in Regina Beach. A couple questions for us. He says, firstly, my neighbor has graciously,
1: graciously offered part of her salvia. When and how should I split them? Split them in the spring. Okay. Best time. Uh, you can split them in the fall, but the best time is in the spring. As soon as the frost is out of the ground, the snow is gone and the frost is out of the ground, as quickly as you can then, so around the 15th of April. That's the best time. And just split it in half? Split. Yeah, you can split in half. Yep.
0: Okay. Secondly, fertilizing vegetables in raised gardens and flower pots. How often?
1: Fertilizing flower beds and nope. raised gardens. Yeah,
0: fertilizing vegetables, vegetables in, yep. raised beds in raised beds and then in pots.
1: If you use a low nitrogen, like an organic fertilizer, you can do it usually quite often, okay. probably around every fifth or sixth watering. Because uh, there again, you're using usually a, 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 up there, it's. It's warmer, it's hotter if you're raised up, mm-hmm. and also you're watering probably more. Okay, right. right. So uh, if you're using a, a like a regular fertilizer, um, then you're going to use you're not going to do as much. Okay, you don't have to do as much, but if you use an organic fertilizer, you can fertilize more. But one thing I like about organic fertilizers in those raised beds is that you're adding magnesium, zinc, boron. You're add you have all the other fertilizers that you have, mm-hmm. and um, and so it all depends on how much you water is relates to how much you're going to fertilize and, of course, how big the plants are. Okay. And usually as the summer goes along, you water more and the plants are bigger. So So More fertilizer. Feed
0: me. Exactly. Feed me. Uh, Let's go to Grenfell right now on the phone lines and talk to Carl. Good morning, Carl. Good morning. What's your question for
3: us? I have uh, in my lawn, I have a, a plant that's kind of taking over. It's a weed and it has real small green leaves and real small yellow flowers, and it grows really low, and it's really thick.
1: Yeah, it, what you got to do there is that, I'm trying to remember the name of that one, though. It's, I, you see it all over the place, even along, the, even along some of the roadways and the ditches and everything else. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like I said, little leaves but yellow flowers, and it kind of creeps, though, too, right?
0: Yes, yeah, so there's really small yellow flowers. Yeah, and sort of stringy-like. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I
1: know what it's... I, I, okay, well. I can see them in my head right now, but I can't say the name. But anyways, what you, what, what you need to do is you need to... Um, two things is that they put a lot of seed out when they go into flower, okay? Oh, yeah. So the best way to do this, to stop them in the lawn is to use a thing called corn gluten, okay? Because it's hard to... You can't cut your lawn that low to cut the flowers off. They're still going to go to seed, Okay. And once they produce a seed, they produce a zillion seeds as well. And so, using things like corn gluten in your in your lawn will stop those new seeds from germinating. Okay,
3: corn, corn, corn
1: corn gluten. Gluten. Yeah. Yeah. But the only thing you need to do is you need to raise your your length of your grass up. Okay. Don't cut your grass really short. Okay. And then you, but you, but what you also may have to do to get it choke it out and you can't use corn gluten. If you're going to do this, you may need to top dress first with the grass seed first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I want to thicken up the grass. If I can thicken up, if I can thicken up the grass, so I'll get the grass to germinate, which will, it'll germinate in five to seven days in this kind of heat, right? Maybe 10 days at the most. Oh, yeah. get it to germinate once it's g- your new grass is germinated, then put the corn gluten on because then all your weed seeds won't germinate after that, mm-hmm. but corn gluten will also stop grass seed from germinating. That's why I want to get my grass oh. up first and then put the corn gluten on oh yeah okay, okay,
3: so this corn gluten does that come in powder or what is
1: it? it it comes in a bag it it's it comes in a bag that looks like a fertilizer bag and it look is the the other name for it is bio weed and feed. Bio weed and feed. Weed and okay. feed. You cannot use this in the garden, okay? But you could use yeah. it in your shrub beds and the grass and those kind of thing. Perennial gardens. You cannot use this in the grass because next year you will not get. <laughs> next year you will not get your peas to grow, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. So. And you got to follow the directions. And follow you the directions. You can't make it go thin. If it tells you to put so much per square foot, do that much or more. Yeah, but okay. don't don't make it go a long ways because it won't work. Okay. Okay.
3: Okay, thank you.
0: Good okay. luck with it, Carl. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 Out to, let's see, we got time. Yeah, let's go to Kipling right now, and we'll talk to Dave. Good morning, Dave.
4: Morning, Rick. How are you today? Very good. Good. Okay, I got a, uh, an area of grass. The grass is very nice, and it was coming up in the spring, and now I've got some pretty big spots of dead grass. I okay. mean, considerably large patches. I mean, dead like it looked like you sprayed it with Roundup. Yep. I don't know is that snow mold maybe is yeah was you
1: had snow s- push? you had snow mold last last spring and it killed off some areas so you're gonna have to reseed those areas they're dead dead yep yeah, they're dead dead so you're gonna have to reseed them okay and if you want you can put a little tiny thin layer of like a half inch or so of topsoil down if you want to go quicker okay. and then plant your grass seed into that and you'll fill it out like I said if grass seed in this kind of way, this cut this time of the year as long as you keep it moist it'll germinate in five to seven days.
4: It will. It'll get down into the ground and germinate. Good enough. Just a little bit of C twelve contact. Then. Yep.
1: Exactly. Okay. Question for you.
4: Have you ever guys ever not been able to answer a question, Rick?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's locked. I like just A few minutes ago, I c- I couldn't remember the name of that that weed. I have I have to look it back up again. I c- I see it in my mind, but I can't just can't say it. <laughs>
0: There's been well, the odd there's been the oh, odd yeah. one not oh, too yeah. many but there's been the odd there's one some.
1: Absolutely I'm oh, always been... learning you never stop learning that's what I, my father always told me the day you stop learning is the <laughs> is the day you start pushing weeds up <laughs>
4: <laughs> Okay one more quick question I don't know if you can answer this but I'll try not to stump you How come my cows aren't coming in heat
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a garden show, not a farm show, Dave.
4: Okay. Hey,
3: thanks for the help. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dave.
0: Take, take care. Bye, bye. <laughs> 1-877-332-8255 I think there's a different radio show for that that question. Yeah. All right. Let's let's take a quick break here. We've got texts coming in from Kent, Tracy, Scott, Gene, and a couple more. We're gonna go through the lightning round when we get back from this. Okay, stick around. I'm Jay with. Rick Van Dyvendijk. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. If you can believe it, it's the lightning round here at Garden Talk for the text line because we're down to the last segment of the show here already today. One, two, three, go. It's Scott in Southeast Saskatchewan. 100 year old elm tree has what seems to be water leaking where the tree forks off into a Y. The tree had more than normal seeds this year. Now one side has leaves, the other side's got nothing. Okay, so, so. is it cutting, do we cutting it down or yeah, what are we doing? It's an elm
1: tree. Yeah. Uh, where are they from, you said? Southeast is catching, it's a hundred years old. Yeah, so watch out. Uh, it could be just dying from old age. Yeah. Okay uh check for check a uh, google dutch elm disease okay and if you see the leaves browning then you need to find out get some more help on finding out whether it is dutch elm disease because then you need to protect the other trees around it okay okay so but it could be just old and if it's leaking from a y it could be just you know uh just just old but if the elm beetles got in there they call it create a fungus which creates that leaking as well so just uh you need to do some more research on that one okay
0: RickettDutchGrowers dot com is always yep. a, an email you can yep. use as well. This one, let's see who it's from. I don't know, but it says I have some dwarf cranberry bushes on the east side of a fence. They're getting sparse with some holes in the middle. Do I trim them or shape them, and then will they start to fill in? They're different sizes because the sunlight along the fence varies. Yes, because of a tree line on the north side of the fence. Yep. But you know, I can trim them this very hard this fall.
1: Yeah, trim them hard this fall. Okay, fertilize them. Big time in the spring, starting around the Mother's Day, and 30-10-10 and get some new growth happening, they'll, they'll come back. But, so I mean, bring them right down. Bring them right down to about, a, let's say, a, basically a 18 inches off the ground. Okay. So there you go,
0: Nicole. That's Nicole who sent us that text. Yeah. So down to 18 inches, you can prune them this year, but trim them do right Do a back. light pruning
1: right now yep. if you want. Just a light pruning. That'll be, they can take that right now.
0: Uh, Gene in Regina, great, uh, great program. Thank you, Gene. Will potatoes produce tubers if they do not
1: flower? Uh, They can, yes, but most times they'll flower before the tubers. But I've seen, I've had years where I didn't get any flowers and I had tubers as well. So they can do both, but usually you'll get a better crop if you have the flowers. Good morning, Rick and Jay. Barb in Regina says,
0: I've forgotten what product you recommend to treat the pest crew, the pest, pardon me, that chews
1: rosebush leaves into a bit of a lacy pattern. Okay, so lacy problem could be either spider mite, okay, or it could be a, a thrip. So there's a bunch of them could be. So if it's spider mite, then you use malathion. If it's the, any of the other ones, just use ambush. Okay. That'll work perfect.
0: Ambush or malathion is yep. going to go for, for that rose. Yep. That'll be just
1: fine. Yep. Okay. Most likely what you have is ambush will work.
0: Uh, we have a text that says, is it okay to use rose fertilizer for strawberries and raspberries?
1: Yeah, you can use that as well. But I like for strawberries and raspberries, you need to get some of the other calcium and magnesium and that, and the rose fertilizer won't have that. So using more of a, even a compost, working some compost into the soil around those works awesome or using an organic fertilizer because it has more of the micronutrients, which your plants will do way better with.
0: Okay. Cindy in Saskatoon asking about lupin flowers. Yes. I started some from seed yep. and transplanted into a clay area with organic compost. Yep. The new leaves are turning neon green and uh, molted or modeled with white edges, and the flowers are a pale purple. Will they recover? They're on the located on the west side of the house,
1: yeah. So, watch, watch. She, well, she was using a nice compost, right?
0: She's organic compost, yep. but it's a clay area. But if the
1: white edges sound like sunburn, you know, that that's the only thing. If the white edges sounds like we got a sunburn, so they might be just a, such a young plant. That they may have gotten some sun scorching, you know, around the edges if they turn white. Yeah. So watch for that. And also make sure the compost, I don't know what they use for compost, but if you use manure, make sure it wasn't newer. It has to be old compost manure. Don't Mm want to use fresh Mm -hmm. manure because that'll also cause that molten and burning leaves on the edge.
0: Okay. Uh, This is Antonia in Saskatoon. I'm developing flower beds. Can you tell me a little bit more about the? I guess we're talking about lupins again, lupine, where, where it would be positioned in the flower bed.
1: Yeah, so lupins, you want to give them lots of sunlight. Lots of sunlight. That's, that's the big thing. So position where they get lots of light. Okay. And they should have at least five hours of sunlight a day at least, okay? hmm That's bottom line. If you do that, you're fine. Tony said, uh, you talked about
0: stepping on onions to enhance the onion yep. bulb growth. Does the same hold for garlic?
1: Yeah, garlic can work the same way. Uh, any any bulb flowers where you'll you can get the top to the bottom to fill out, uh, it usually works out better. Like even that's why garlic. Uh, even planting them in the fall, like you'll get better crop in the spring if you plant them in the fall. Where they, you get less of a crop if you plant them in the spring. So if you're gonna plant your new garlic bulbs in, transplant them or put new ones in the fall better crop the next year but yes if stepping on them yes that would help as well
0: okay roy is in pa hi guys we continue to have a problem with a rose bush that has only blossomed once we're doing watering regularly have used fertilizer for root establishment and now for blossom production
1: all depends what variety he didn't say what variety has some roses bloom continuously like crazy like campfire let's say um emily carr um Canada blooms; all those ones bloom continuously, but there are stuff like Teresa Bugney or Persian Yellow, and there a bunch of other ones that will bloom once in the middle of summertime and then not bloom as much the rest of the year. So it all depends on the variety. Okay, perfect.
0: Uh, oh, uh, Perry said he's from Weyburn, and said that weed you're thinking of is called black medic.
1: Black medic. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, corn gluten, is it safe to use if you've got pets outside, asks Carol in yes.
1: Spiritwood. Yes, it's organic. It's
0: totally safe. Yep. Uh, Les, who is in grasswood area around Saskatoon, some large yellow areas in the lawn. Does that mean little too, too little or too much nitrogen?
1: Some yellow areas in the lawn. Yeah. Well, could be could be there, again, the start of an insect in there, so dig up a little spot at the edge of those, see whether you have any grubs or any little worms in there check for that first of all. Otherwise, uh, it could be a nutrient deficiency. Um, So if you haven't fertilized since spring, you may just need to add some nutrients in those areas as well. It could be you know, like an old root that was there that's rotting. And so a lot of times that could be a problem there too. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why that could happen.
0: Tracy says, uh, my lilies have some sort of spider web or cotton-like residue on their lilies. What can I use on that?
1: If it's lilies, um, uh, bottom uh, bottom line, lilies work. The, the 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 product that works the best for lilies is is ambush. Okay, now it's called Bug X ambush. Okay. Pyreth- pyrethrin is the ingredient, and just don't hit the flowers themselves; just hit the leaves. Okay.
0: Uh, perfect. Yeah, Gene also ac- uh, echoes that, that it's called Medic, a clover-type leaf. Yeah, yep. Medic. Uh, this question is from Kent, who's in Moose Jaw. I have some Romeo and Juliet cherry trees. They're suckering. I'm wondering if I can dig them out and re- replant them. Will they still
1: produce fruit? Yes, they will, because they're on their own root, okay? But okay. you need to do that in the spring, around April 15th. You do it now, and they won't live, because they don't still have enough roots to be able to support themselves with this kind of heat. Right, right. So do it around April 15th next year. Right. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I'll just remind you that uh, don't forget that there's there's July 24th in Saskatoon. Yep. You can find well,
1: some of the gardens. Check out this garden Google, tours. Just Google garden tours. And whatever city you 're from, and you 'll find lots of information, or Google your local horticulture society, and you 'll find information about all those tours and just go out and see a little bit of what 's happening in your town
0: exactly and with one minute left uh, rick we 're looking at a pretty hot week, it looks like around most of the province
1: consistent watering well, honestly, everybody talks to me about that is that how do I not get uh, blossom end rot you know on my tomatoes or peppers, yeah, and just consistent watering, so watch out, you may have to water twice a day, you might have the water. Three times a day, my throw water a day, and it changes as the week goes on, so stick your finger into the soil, mm-hmm. so get your finger a little brown okay to get a nice green thumb, <laughs> stick your finger brown, finger brown green thumb and and you'll you'll know to keep the moisture level, at a good, especially for your vegetable garden and uh and then also make sure now this week you need to fertilize just fertilize uh, everything 's run out because we 've been watering quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, or raining some areas rain, but a lot of places there's drought still. Uh, there's parts of Saskatchewan, there's drought. So just make sure you're consistent watering. The hanging baskets are running out of food right now, like all your container pots. Make sure you're fertilizing those uh, regularly, and you'll be fine. You'll have great plants all summer long.
0: Keep that water going.
1: Okay, yep. thank you
0: for joining us. I think we got all those texts answered. You'll see this show again next weekend, yep. same time, same place. Thanks okay. a lot. Take care. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvendijk. You've been listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.